Hello, this is Anya Leonard, founder and director of Classical Wisdom. You are listening to Classical Wisdom Speaks, a podcast dedicated to bringing ancient wisdom to modern minds. Today I'm speaking with Stephen Dando Collins, the award-winning author of 40 books, including Rise of an Empire, on which the major motion picture 300, Rise of an Empire, was based. In today's episode, we discuss his most recent book, Caligula, the Mad Emperor of Rome, which delves into the true history of the notorious leader. But before we begin, a quick thank you to our Classical Wisdom Society members who make this podcast possible. If you would like to become a Society member and help support the classics, please go to classicalwisdom.com and click Start Here. Now, on to the imaginative rumors about Caligula, whether or not they are true, and if one can justifiably compare Caligula to Donald Trump. You know, I talk about the in, uh, in Caligula the uh, the importance of the handshake to to the Romans and how uh, uh, you know that uh, that follows through to the present day. The the importance of the handshake. I mean, can you explain that a bit more? I don't know this. Yeah. Um, so uh, in the final chapter of Caligula, uh, I draw a comparison. Well, I don't draw the comparison. I assess the comparison that's been made by many commentators uh, between Caligula and President Donald Trump. And uh, one of the areas that I noticed with interest was the handshake of President Trump. Uh, Because as I tell in the story of Caligula, uh, the handshake was very important to the Romans. Uh, it, It had started out thousands of years before the handshake as a form of greeting between two people uh, and they reach out the right hand to, sh- to prove that they don't have a weapon in their hand. But by the time of the Romans, it was um, uh, if you wanted to show deference to uh, the other party or respect, uh, you would yield the upper hand. And this is where that saying comes from, you know, giving somebody the upper hand. Uh, you would extend your hand with the palm up so they could... Uh, shake your hand with, with their palm down in the, in the you know, superior so-called position. And um, I was interested in, in, in looking at uh, uh, President uh, Trump's handshakes. Uh, people like uh, President Putin or President Macron of France, uh, Mr. Trump often, when they met, have met over the last two and a half years, would extend his hand palm up, yielding the upper hand of these people. Yet, when shaking hands with people like Theresa May, the British Prime Minister, uh, or Angela Merkel of uh, Germany, he would give them a straight up and down handshake. Um, now, I don't know whether that's conscious, uh, and you know, whether he's uh, showing deference to these, these people, or uh, I don't know. But anyway, it's an in- interesting comparison. Now, you have said that, that you want to make comparisons between Caligula and Trump. I mean, do you think there is a lot of... Comparison? I mean, are they are they similar? Are they completely dissimilar? Where what role do they have in history? Um, well, yeah, readers would need to read the whole chapter, but um, in many ways they're very different. You know, Caligula became the third emperor of Rome at the age of twenty-four. Donald Trump became uh, president of the United States at the age of seventy. So, uh, in, in those respects, they're very different. But then they had a very similar background. Um, they both had very successful 
fathers uh, who had died before they came to power, um, both had multiple wives and so on, both were sports fanatics. Uh, Caligula was totally obsessed with chariot racing and actually raced chariots himself and built his own private uh, chariot uh, racing hippodrome. Uh, President Trump's uh, uh, obsession is golf and golf courses. Um, but uh, when we get to things such as policy, uh, very, very different. Uh, and you know, no real com- you know, genuine comparison can be made. Wait, so the main comparison was because I found so many others commentators making this, uh, uh, this comparison. So Caligula, just as a general character from history, is probably one of the worst reputations of all. Um, and you have mentioned in your book that you sort of discuss his his position in history, whether whether he sort of deserved this treatment or not. I mean, was he as mad as they say? By the end of his four-year reign, it's amazing that somebody was who was in power for such a short period has had such an impact on history. And uh, but we we can blame Hollywood in part for that, uh, and um, authors like Graves. I'm a huge fan of Robert Graves' uh, uh, I Claudius and Claudius the God, which became the the British TV series in the 70s. So I Claudius, um, but uh, they did stray from the truth. And Robert Graves was was a great Roman scholar, so he knew he was he was doing it, but he was doing you know changing history uh, to make uh, Caligula an absolute monster. Um, by the end of his reign, but uh, Robert Grace, for example, uh, talks of Caligula when he's age 14 and uh, says he's doing absolutely despicable things. Um, from, uh, Roman authors uh, such as uh, Suetonius, uh, at that age, uh, Caligula was an absolute fear and uh, of uh, being bumped off as his two older brothers were, as his mother was, as his father seems to have been. Um, and uh, tells us that he was keeping his mouth shut and behaving himself impeccably because he knew that both uh, Sejanus, the head of the Praetorian Guard, and Tiberius, uh, the emperor and his grandfather, household. And um, if he said, if he said, one thing, or took one, you know, one foot out of, uh, out of place, um, he could end up um, being executed or forced to commit suicide. So um, his his evil traits, his his wicked traits, didn't come out until well into his his reign, and, uh, and he was hugely popular with all classes, and uh, he gave a general amnesty to all uh, people uh, in in prison or. Uh, 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 who had been exiled? Uh, he did all sorts of wonderful things, and uh, but then he came down with a very serious illness, and uh, was thought he wouldn't survive. And after that, his his personality changed dramatically. And uh, in in the penultimate chapter of, of my biography, I discuss all the many uh, potential medical. Uh, reasons for, for that uh, his change in mental state that have been put up by uh, medical people over the years and um, you know, given to us by Suetonius and other authors, authors that tend to suggest that he may have had bipolar disorder. 
which tends to show itself by the, by the time that uh, people are 24 or 25. Um, and uh, this would explain uh, some of his... Yeah, he went from being very cowardly to, be, to being incredibly impetuous and brave. Uh, and and th th this is, these are extremes of, of, of bipolar. Um, but you know, he only got three hours sleep a night uh, toward the end of his reign. Uh, there are so many other symptoms that you know, match up with the known symptoms of bipolar disorder. And he'd had um, epilepsy as a child, and that uh, can be a, a, a red flag for, for um, bipolar. And um, so there could be a medical explanation for, for, for some of his uh, uh, quite, uh, as we see them, crazy acts and cruel and capricious. And he also became very, very paranoid. He had every reason to be paranoid growing up with uh, all his family members being uh, eliminated around him. And, uh, but that's, that is another symptom of a bipolar disorder, of, of suspecting anybody and everybody. And uh, by the end, all those around him were so terrified of, of uh, falling foul of him, um, they uh, ganged up to assassinate him. Yeah, I do sometimes fear that we've sort of romanticized some of the, the characters or, or we almost want to make them more evil. And, I mean, it comes back down to, again, how just some of these representations are or if they really did all go completely mad because, you know, there's certain accusations like um, calling somebody a poisoner or accusing them of committing incest. Sometimes these accusations were, were thrown out in order to defame somebody's character because they were so hard to prove. I mean, do you think there are times where people have sort of been unjustly treated by by historians after the fact? Uh, yeah, well, Caligula is a prime example. Uh, Tacitus said, uh, uh, and Tacitus is our prime source for all the emperors of the, of the first century. And uh, the later emperors didn't have that kind of very talented and very thorough uh, biographer, and this is why we know so much about those emperors of the first century, um, yeah, and uh, through uh, uh, Tacitus. But he said that uh, uh, many authors set out to uh, cut down and defame uh, the the uh, key emperors of, of the first century, uh, including uh, yeah, Caligula. Claudius and Nero, and uh, and tended not to write the good things that they did. Uh, so uh, yeah, Tacitus was uh, yeah, a key source, uh, and uh, he he wrote uh, that. And, and of course, we're very lucky that that source has come down to us because he he quoted many many other uh, biographers that existed in, in, at that time, but whose works have disappeared. So and even then, uh, the key years of uh, Caligula's reign um, have disappeared from Tacitus. Uh, the, the copies of Tacitus's work have come down to us. So um, we have to rely on Suetonius, who was a bit of a pulp fiction writer, and Cassius Dio, who uh, was writing uh, 150, 200 years after the events. Um, so we, we're very much reliant on, on the reports that have survived, and, and many of them were, were quite biased. Well, and I feel like that Caligula might be even more difficult emperor to write about because of the de facto damnatio memore, the, the damnation of memory, that after 
he was assassinated. I mean, people tried to systematically remove anything that he did. And I always think a good example of that is the ships that he created in Lake Nimi, that these amazing feats of, of naval engineering that, you know, with the wooden anchor and ball bearings, like inventions that, that we thought weren't created until da Vinci. Um, and yet uh, these were just sunk to the bottom of a lake simply because they wanted to remove anything that had to do with Caligula. So, I mean, this was something positive. I mean, I mean, yeah, maybe the way he probably incentivized engineers to come up with these things was, was less than kind, but the, the end result was absolutely amazing feats. And yet we would exactly. have known about and these... It's like ball bearings. Yeah. It was assumed ball bearings were invented until only several hundred years ago, but here he was the uh, example of uh, Roman engineers uh, inventing ball bearings 2,000 years ago. And, and, and the, the ability, the, the, that ability, that science, disappeared for thousands of years. Um, uh, Caligula wanted to be considered an innovator. And I describe him as, uh, when he came into power, being uh, the, uh, the grandson taking over the family business from Tiberius, his grandfather, and yeah, full of innovative ideas. And uh, there's no doubt that he encouraged engineers and, and scientists. Um, he uh, started work on the then uh, Rome's two biggest uh, aqueducts and uh, massive constructions, which Claudius would later, later take credit for. And it was, uh, you say that uh, uh, later generations uh, removed all reference to Caligula. It started with Claudius. Claudius was lucky to survive uh, Caligula's reign. And he played, he said himself, he played the idiot uh, deliberately uh, you know, to, to escape uh, Caligula's wrath. Um, but uh, everything to do with Caligula was immediately destroyed. All the coins back by, under, uh, by um, Claudius's order. Uh, so all the coins uh, that were had uh, Caligula's face on them were recalled and, uh, and melted down. Uh, the vast majority of his edicts were, were uh, uh, repealed. Uh, anything that he had, had constructed, which had his name on or should have had his name on, uh, was removed and so on. So his, his, his reputation was, was destroyed almost from the day he was uh, assassinated. Uh, but uh, yeah, I can imagine him uh, in a frenzy of... of uh, uh, of uh, construction uh, surrounded by engineers and uh, uh, you know, telling them, I, I want these massive uh, ships uh, to uh, uh, float in Lake Nimi and I want uh, the statues of the goddesses uh, to be able to turn to follow uh, the rising and setting moon. And uh, this is why the ball bearings were invented. Uh, so I'm not suggesting he actually invented ball bearings, but he uh, gave the... Uh, the engineering brains of the, of the day, the, the incentive to, uh, to be as innovative as they possibly could. And um, he was also sort of famous for doing some public reform as well. I mean, um, did he, he published uh, how public funds were spent and, and helped after fires and abolished some taxes. I mean, there was a couple, didn't even restore democratic elections at the beginning of his, his reign. I mean, there was a couple of really positive, like, public initiatives even, not just the, the engineering that, that he managed to, to put forth. Absolutely, absolutely. Those first, first seven months, it was, you know, almost non-stop. 
his, his initiatives. And of course, his father, Domenicus, had been very, very popular with the Romans and had been cut down in his prime. He was the heir apparent, Tiberius's heir. And um, so the Roman people had great hopes for his, his children, that they would be as, uh, uh, as charismatic and as, as uh, brave a soldier, and uh, which Caligula never was. He, he, he never uh, served in the army, unlike his father. He was a brilliant general. Um, and that reputation even hung on uh, until Nero's time. Nero was Caligula's nephew. And uh, when he came to the throne, again, the Roman people said, ah, the, uh, the grandson of Germanicus has, has come to the throne. Thank heavens we're saved again. And, um, and I guess he, he let them down. Um, you think they would have learned their lesson? Case, <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. And for hundreds of years afterwards, uh, Germanicus's birthday was celebrated by, uh, by the Roman people. Uh, and, uh, but you're right. You would have thought after Caligula, um, I would have thought that the... the uh, the family were, 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 did not inherit the, the good traits of, of Germanicus. And uh, so considering that so much of this evidence uh, was, was destroyed and lost, how were, what kind of research were you able to do for your latest book? Um, I had been uh, researching Caligula's family for about, only for about 40 years by the time I sat down to write this book. Um, because I, I mentioned Germanicus, uh, I write about him extensively in my earlier books, uh, in the stories of the legions and his military campaigns, um, and uh, also in a book where I discuss his uh, his apparent murder um, called Blood of the Caesars, um, and I've written about Nero and in the great in a book called The Great Fire of Rome. Um, so I've skirted around Caligula and, and written. He, he was more of a supporting character, if you like, uh, in in these other books. So um, uh, I, I felt that uh, it was pointed out to me that uh, uh, Caligula was being uh, likened to Donald Trump and, um, you know, and I was being asked by, by uh, journalists, you know, is this, does it stand up? And so that started me thinking about uh, looking at Caligula as a standalone book. And, uh, and as I know, um, you know, the, 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 uh, the Hollywood film, the 1979 Caligula movie, which was gory and, and sex-crazed, it was... Um, Produced uh, by Bob Guccione, the, the publisher of Penthouse, and he actually did a special edition of Penthouse in 1980 based on the, on the movie. So he and, the, and the, his fellow scriptwriter Gore Vidal set out to make uh, Caligula as sex crazed and uh, as, as uh, horrific as, as they possibly could. So, um, and as I mentioned, Robert Graves, you know, departed from the truth a little when telling uh, telling us about Caligula. So I felt that the, yes, that there was a, an opportunity to. Um, to set the record straight, if you will, and uh, uh, talk about uh, both the good and the bad qualities of Caligula. Thank you for listening to Classical Wisdom Speaks, a podcast dedicated to bringing ancient wisdom to modern minds. Classical Wisdom Society members can listen to the entire podcast with Stephen Dando Collings on classicalwisdom.com. For more information on Stephen's other books about Roman history, please visit stephendando-collins.com.